Welcome to day 24 of our Marian consecration, and I hope you're doing well and feeling encouraged. We're getting there. And today we're going to begin day 24 again, which is a two-parter, which is called Mary's Retreat. And then tomorrow we will finish part two. So Father Gately says, during this retreat, we've been pondering in our hearts certain kind of truths of our faith that relate to Marian consecration. One might say we're on a kind of pilgrimage of faith, leading up to Consecration Day. During her earthly life, Mary, too, was on a kind of retreat and pilgrimage of faith. She, too, pondered in her heart different truths related to Marian Consecration. After all, she didn't discover all at once her vocation to be a spiritual mother and mediatrix. Like us, she needed to walk by faith while pondering in her heart. She, too, needed time, a time of preparation regarding her special role as, quote, our mother in the order of grace, end quote. Because Mary's maternal mediation is so central to a proper understanding of Marian consecration, we're going to spend the next few days making a retreat within our retreat. We'll do so by peering in on Mary's retreat. In other words, we're going to accompany Mary along the way that God led her to progressively discover her vocation to be our spiritual mother and mediatrix. In some sense, Mary's retreat begins at the Annunciation. By her yes to God, her fiat, she accepted her vocation to be the mother of Jesus. But did she also know that she was accepting the call to be the spiritual mother to all Christians as well? I don't know, says Father Gately. What I do know is that the whole mystery of the Annunciation gave Mary something amazing to ponder, something that happens to be deeply related to Marian consecration and entrustment. Let me put it this way. Who was the first person to entrust himself to Mary? It wasn't St. Louis of Montfort. It was God the Father. John Paul explains, quote, For it must be recognized that before anyone else it was God himself, the Eternal Father, who entrusted himself to the Virgin of Nazareth, giving his own Son in the mystery of the Incarnation. End quote. Mary surely marveled at this act of humility on God's part. As she marveled and pondered, might she have begun to have some inkling that God would later want the people to, he came to redeem to follow his example? Mary had many other things to ponder during her preparation to be ever more completely our mother in the order of grace. The synoptic gospels, which are Matthew, Mark, and Luke, offer several points of reflection that speak of Mary's spiritual motherhood. Take, for example, the passage in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 3, verses 31 to 35, where Mary and Jesus' cousins are outside wanting to see Jesus. And so... They send for him and call to him. Jesus responds by asking, Who are my brother, mother and my brethren? Then, looking at those sitting around him, he says, Here are my mother and my brethren. Whoever does the will of God is my brother, sister, and mother. In giving this response, was Jesus being a bad son? No. He was being exactly the kind of son his father wanted him to be. At the same time, he was preparing his mother 
for who he wanted her to be. Specifically, he was revealing to her the new filial bond of the kingdom that goes beyond the bonds of the flesh. In other words, he was pointing out the primacy of the spirit of the flesh, the primacy of the supernatural fatherhood of God to the natural fatherhood or motherhood of man. It's likely that Mary immediately grasped some of what Jesus was trying to teach her. After all, for years she had pondered in her heart another strange response of Jesus, the one he gave when she found him in the temple after the three days of sorrowful of teaching. Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? During his public ministry, Jesus was indeed completely concerned with his father's business. Now, a key part of this business involved preparing his mother for her new role in God's kingdom. Jesus knew that, quote, in the dimension of the kingdom of God and in the radius of the, father, of, of the fatherhood of God, end quote, Mary's motherhood, quote, takes on another meaning, end quote. In other words, reported by Mark that was read earlier, Jesus points to this meaning. Whoever does the will of God is my brother and sister and mother. We can be sure that Mary pondered in this in her heart and that she realized that these words, by these words, Jesus was not rejecting her, but rather preparing her. Can we be sure that Jesus wasn't rejecting Mary? Yes, we can, says Father Gately. Even if Jesus' words sound like he's rejecting her, they aren't. In fact, if we consider a similar passage in the Gospel of Luke chapter 11, verse 27 to 28, it's clear that Jesus is actually blessing his mother. In another pas- in this other passage, quote, a woman in the crowd raised her voice, end quote, and, Jesus sa- and said to Jesus, quote, blessed is the womb that bore you and the breast that nursed you, end quote. Jesus responds with a similar response to what we read in Mark, quote, blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it, end quote. At first reading, this may seem like a rebuke of Mary, but it's not. After all, who heard the word of God and kept it better than Mary? Nobody. Thus, Jesus is actually blessing his mother, and she would have realized it. Mary is an incredibly perceptive woman, and she paid close attention to Jesus' every word and action. The subtleties of his teaching were not lost on her, and she progressively came to realize the unfolding mystery of her own unique motherhood. Quote, As the messianic mission of her son grew clear to her eyes and spirit, Mary herself, as a mother, became ever more open to that new dimension of motherhood, which was to constitute her part beside her son. Had she not said from the beginning, quote, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Through faith, Mary continued to hear and ponder the word. Thus, in a sense, Mary as mother became the first disciple of her son. 
the first to whom he seemed to say, follow me, end quote. What a joy it must have been for Jesus to have one disciple who fully understood him. What a consolation to his heart to find such attentiveness to God's word. Tomorrow we will reflect more on Mary's attentiveness and how it led her to discover yet another aspect of her part beside her son in his work of salvation. This does, not, this does indeed involve, as John Paul wrote, quote, a new dimension of motherhood, end quote. Thus at Cana, we'll see that she gives birth to the faith of Jesus' disciples by initiating his first miracle, which comes through her motherly attemptedness to human need. Today's prayer is, Come Holy Spirit living in Mary, help me to be faithful to heart-pondering prayer as was Mary. We'll repeat that prayer ten times. Come Holy Spirit living in Mary, help me to be faithful to heart-pondering prayer as was Mary. Come Holy Spirit living in Mary, Help me to be faithful to heart-pondering prayer, as was Mary. Come Holy Spirit, living in Mary, help me to be faithful to heart-pondering prayer, as was Mary. Come Holy Spirit, living in Mary, help me to be faithful to heart-pondering prayer, as was Mary. Come Holy Spirit, living in Mary, help me to be faithful to heart-pondering prayer, as was Mary. Come Holy Spirit, living in Mary, help me to be faithful to heart-pondering prayer, as was Mary. Come Holy Spirit, living in Mary, help me be faithful to heart-pondering prayer, as was Mary. Come Holy Spirit, living in Mary, help me to be faithful to heart-pondering prayer, as was Mary. Come Holy Spirit, living in Mary, help me to be faithful to heart-pondering prayer, as was Mary. Come Holy Spirit, living in Mary, help me to be faithful to heart-pondering prayer, as was Mary. St. John Paul II, pray for us. And may Almighty God bless you and your intentions in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.